Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. This is Steve Barrett, the Editorial Director of PR Week, and here with another show. I'm really delighted to be able to welcome Miroslava Gribova to the show, who is Deputy MD of the Ukrainian PR agency, Be It!, and uh, Miroslava, it's so good to have you on the show, and thank you for joining us at such a difficult time for your country. Welcome. Hello, hello. Uh, good morning, I guess, in, in USA. Uh, nice, uh, nice to meet you, and thank you for having invited me here. Yeah. Um, listen, tell us the story of the last few weeks for you. I, I know you're based in Germany now, but tell us what happened. Um, what was it, six to eight weeks ago? And what has happened to your family and also what has happened to people at the Be It agency? Mm -hmm. uh, well, today today is already the 40th uh, day that the war in Ukraine lost, the 40th day actually of Russian invasion into Ukraine. I woke up on the 24th of February early in the morning, like on uh, at five o'clock, which is quite quite early for me because I never wake up uh, so early, uh, without any understanding why. I was laying, uh, we had to have a one philosophy open day, the day when we as a group of companies and our agency, big agency, were to take part to present during the whole day our cases for, uh, for the previous year. Like, marketing, PR, communication campaigns, and so on for the market, and together with our clients. And at six o'clock, uh, my client called to me because we were to have a rehearsal that day uh, a little bit later, and it was also quite weird why she calls. And she told to me, Miroslava, have you heard the news? Uh, sh she lived in the city where the first bombing were coming to, uh, close to, uh, to Kiev. And she told me that the war started. <laughs> So it was like, uh, you know, it is quite difficult to explain what you feel and what you think uh, with such news. And then we really, I woke up my husband and we heard some bombings. Quite, you, you could hear that quite good. Quite. And this is in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. Yes, yes, yeah. in Kiev. I couldn't say that it was in Kiev itself, but uh, you, you, you could hear it very well. Yeah, uh, you could hear it, and uh, it all was like a surrealistic movie. I do remember myself doing something, preparing some breakfast for for my daughter because uh, we definitely needed to have some breakfast or something, and uh, the ports were falling from my hands. Uh, my mind was thinking that that the port is is in my hands, but it somehow fells. <laughs> It was all like you are watching a surrealistic movie, or you are watching the movie. Like <laughs> from, it wasn't from real. From the side, yes, yeah, from the side. Yeah. It was quite, quite difficult. What we did uh, then? Then we had we had some uh, chatting with our colleagues. For sure, no one was going to go to the office. Uh, everyone was considering what to do. We decided with the husband, as uh, nothing is like uh, certain in the moment. Uh, I think that the dominant, the, the main thought uh, everyone has was uh, it cannot be so. Uh, so it's not truth. Uh, they're not serious. They're not going to do that. They are just wanting to, uh, to raise some fear or something else. No one believed for 
seriously that there will be such a war uh, in the center, in the middle of Europe, in, in the city, <laughs> in Kyiv. So it was quite difficult to believe into it, actually. And right now I'm talking to you, I'm talking better. My English is even better than right now, but I'm um, recollecting my memories and uh, I get a bit nervous about that, anxious and frustrated, <laughs> probably. That's totally understandable, yeah. Yes, and so we, we stayed both with my family, we stayed in Kyiv for three days, and the situation uh, went worse and worse, as the rents was low and lower and faster and faster, quicker and quicker. And so at some moment we decided that we need to, to escape from Kyiv because uh, everyone was, um, me media and uh, US intelligence and British intelligence, they were sending the messages that Kyiv is already the aim of the attack, for sure. Uh, and so we escaped from Kyiv to, to some village uh, in Kyiv district, not far from Kyiv. We stayed there uh, for a week. My husband decided that he, he wants us to, to leave uh, the country for safer place. My, my sister lives in Germany, so we had an option uh, and we flew to Germany. And uh, as far as my colleagues, um, we all have different situation. Some of them moved to the Western Ukraine. Uh, some of them also went abroad if they had some relatives or some other options. Uh, some of colleagues. Give us an idea, uh, Miroslava, of how big the agency was and how many people we're talking about here. Uh -huh. Yeah, actually, we're a Ukrainian communication agency and we are over 40 people, but we are a part of one philosophy group of companies uh, who was founded by Natalia Popovich, probably you know her. Uh, and we are five agencies within the group and 65 people. Yes. So there are different types of agency doing different disciplines. You know, yes, like. yes, yes, different disciplines, but all disciplines are about communication. Uh, we don't have media placement agency or something. Uh, all the agencies are of different focus and communications. Yes, and some colleagues uh, decided uh, to stay in Kyiv. Yeah, sorry. Is everybody based in Kyiv? Was everybody based? Yes. Or did you have other? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, Every, everyone was based in Kyiv. Uh, of course, uh, due to COVID, uh, we were working a lot like distant, in, di in distant format. Yeah. But anyway, the agency was located in Kyiv, most of the people located in Kyiv. And um, we, we are from different regions. Uh, of people who moved to Kyiv some, some time ago for study or for work or, or for something. And uh, some, some of the colleagues decided to stay in Kyiv and we have already three to four, maybe five colleagues who are staying in Kyiv even now. Uh, some of the colleagues had, and, and they still have families in Kharkiv and Mariupol, and they were totally overwhelmed by helping, by finding ways to help the people, to find the ways to help their families uh, who, were, uh, who were experiencing the severe bombings. You and your daughter were able to make it to Germany, but your husband is still in Kyiv? Yes, uh, it took us three days to get from Kyiv region to, to the boundary of Ukraine, which is quite long for normal time uh, and husband as far as uh, there is a war uh, situation in ukraine uh, and he cannot leave uh, the country because of legislation and uh, also uh, 
he doesn't want to do it on his own as well, because uh, if everyone leaves, who will defend the country? <laughs> so he's definitely not in the position to do that. Uh, he's not in military forces, like uh, the front line who are facing the Russian troops in the first place. But we have such a uh, military... Um, military divisions which are which are allocated in different cities and they are called like territorial defense groups these are mostly volunteers and the people who had previous some some previous uh experience military experience they gather into troops they are controlled and managed by by the government uh it's not a cause it, it is like the the process uh, but but yeah, we heard from President Zelensky last night at the Grammys. We're talking on Monday morning, uh -huh. and he was asking the international community to do everything they could to help. Um, what would you like to see the international business community doing? Obviously, there were some initial embargoes. Um, lots of companies have pulled out of Russia. What else would you now like to see the international community and the business community doing to help the situation in Ukraine? Mm -hmm. In terms of international community and business community, uh, we all in Ukraine would would like the companies to to withdraw their business from Ukraine or, or sorry, not from Ukraine, but from Russia, in order not to pay the taxes, not to support the war actions aimed at Ukraine. This is like obvious, and we uh, fear we, we fear <clears throat> that. Uh, when a little bit the slight, you know, the slightest movement from Russia telling about the peace or something else happens, if it ever happens, uh, that the business uh, will stop their sanctions and will go back. Uh, we don't believe that, the, the Russia, that Russia wants to stop because uh, yesterday and today I've read a lot of uh, Russian materials, the publications which they produce in Russia, and... Um, you know, they are writing that uh, all this massacre which uh, took place in Bucha and Irpin, which are satellite cities to Kiev and where a lot of young people lived actually before the war, um, that these actions were done not by Russians, but Ukrainian forces somehow, although there are witnesses and there are like... Um, uh, Sputnik photos, photos from, from, from Sputniks, from satellites yeah, was... show, showing, yes, showing that uh, these uh, massive graves yeah. have been done earlier than Ukrainian army uh, comes uh, to this city. Uh, this is one reason. And the, the second, uh, today I read the article on Erbaka Russia, which is um, which is their informational agency, very popular one. Uh, I guess it is a governmentally owned agency uh, in, in Russia. And there was a quite, I don't know, terrible uh, article saying that Ukrainians are all nationalists and there is no way for Russia than entering Ukraine and killing. <laughs> killing Ukrainians, not only the leaders of the, of the state, but uh, the population uh, and it is, it is terrifying. So there's a yeah. lot of misinformation and disinformation, and um, it's important for the real story to be told. 
And, yes, uh, yes, but but their position it means that uh, unfortunately we do all believe that the peace comes to our land. We really do, but unfortunately the messages which we can read in Russian because we can read in Russian a lot, yeah, because we we, we know this language because we we used to live in USSR where the Russian was the dominant language. And we Ukrainians more or less uh, know this language better or worse. But we can read it and it is very terrifying because they are saying the messages, they are zombie in their 140 million population to come to Ukraine. My relatives, from my, my mother's relatives, uh, they live in Krasodarsky Krai in Russia. This is the south of Russia, close to Sochi. And her younger brother, he called to her uh, to say that we all are Nazis and he's going to kill us. It was her younger brother. So he, he believes... Yes, I, I don't know what they did to, to the population, but yeah. uh, it is quite terrifying. We are seeing some protests within Russia from people who are against the war as well. Are you aware of those protests in Ukraine? Is, is that Are those images coming through? And uh, do you think that that will grow? We, yes, I understand what you're asking. We don't believe that it will grow because it looks like uh, a lot of people have relatives in Russia, in Ukraine, and everyone is saying the same, you know, what I has told to you. And a couple of people who are coming to, to squares, it won't help the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about um, President Zelensky. How have you? How do you feel about him and the way he has been communi communicating to the Ukrainian people, but also to the international community? He seems to have a a great way of being a, a leader and a communicator for for the, your country and your people. Mm -hmm. uh, for us in Ukraine, uh, I think that we have opened him from another side of his personality because um, it is it isn't a secret that he he has quite a little uh, experience in, in political life yeah uh, he used to be a businessman uh, an artist um, an actor not artist but actor an actor for a lot of years and um, there are different like opinions on his presidential uh actions and life uh, during couple during the couple of previous years um, but now um, we see that his rhetorics changed uh with the war coming into ukraine and we see that not only the rhetoric that uh, you cannot say what you don't believe in <laughs> you know it is in communications and we usually say to our clients first actions and then uh words uh, and now it, it looks like he's walking the talk. So he stepped up in the crisis. Yes. So he do believes in what he's saying. Uh, he is a patriot. He unites uh, around him uh, a good group of professionals ruling all different uh, processes in such a difficult time. Yeah. Yes. 
Now, you, um, be its agency, had a, a, a campaign shortlisted in the PR Week Global Awards, and I know you felt very strongly that you still wanted that work to be part of the competition. We, we did come and talk to you about it to make sure that you were okay with it staying in the competition, but you, you felt strongly that you wanted it to. Just tell us why you feel so strongly about that and, and just briefly tell us about the work. Last year, we had a very successful and uh, and very interesting and very useful for Ukraine campaign with our client McDonald's. Mm. Uh, we helped them to, to launch the sorting of packaging in, in their restaurants. Uh, probably no one, nobody knows or a little, not, not so many people know that in Ukraine we don't have... We don't Recycling. Have Yes, the, the cycling. We don't have the recycling processes put in place, uh, as in the whole country. There were some initiatives, but they were lacking some support, or some trust from people. We were aiming to make uh, the sorting in Ukraine successful, and McDonald's had a lot uh, of resources. I mean, like uh, they are the loved brand in Ukraine. Uh, people trust McDonald's. Uh, they have very good penetration in Ukraine with over 100 restaurants before the war. No one knows which will be after the war, but before the war there were uh, more than 100 restaurants. And uh, they decided uh, to change the business processes. So they decided to introduce uh, the packaging sourcing within their restaurants. And so yes. uh, it was quite an not not easy process to... Uh, to tell Ukrainians why they need to sort, as they never sorted before that, yeah. or they don't believe in that. So we developed a campaign as the first way we co communicated to employees. We write a song about sorting. The song was uh, went viral among employees of McDonald's. And then we, uh, we went uh, to the external communication with another set of uh, communication materials, uh, yeah, so great work. And, and tell us why you still wanted it to be featured in the competition and why that's important to you. Well, first, we don't understand why would, would, would we withdraw our application as far as we're already there. Yeah, we're still alive. We're working. As an agency, we experienced a very difficult couple of weeks uh, in the beginning of the war. But now all the team is settled somehow in a safe place, more or less. Uh, we have all access to internet. We are open to, to the work. We are working, actually. So we have, uh, not, not for, for all clients, we have uh, work right now because the situation is, is difficult. But anyway, uh, we're working, we are engaged in volunteering projects, and we, we want to do some great work. Yeah. And Ukrainians, um, I know that Ukraine uh, is not a very well-known country, or it, wasn't be, it, it hasn't been a very well-known country before the war. Because uh, uh, no matter that Ukraine has 40 million population, for a long, uh, it was somewhere between Europe and Russia. And no one knows what Ukraine actually is. But we have a rich culture. Uh, we have great talented people uh, which are very well educated, which do creative work, very creative work, which deserve the best in their job. Yeah. Yeah. No, we... Uh... 
it, it's great to hear that you're still able to do your work and that the agency is still functioning. And we wish you well. And um, yeah, the thank you. community is supporting you. Um, yeah, thank you. And actually, speaking about if we would come back to, to the question how the business could help outside from Ukraine, I would say that uh, if you can, if you have some tasks, if you have some campaigns or something, please uh, send it to our creative industry because our agencies, our people, we're talking English, probably even better than I'm talking right now. We're talking, we're writing, we're very, very creative. We, we have a lot of international awards. I mean, marketing, communication, and so on. And you can support our creative industry if you come back to us, to our agencies, to our professionals with your tasks. Yeah, we will uh, put some contact details in the show notes for this so that people can send uh, messages to you and get in touch. And listen, we're, we will check back with you in uh, a couple of months and hope, to, hope that this horrible situation can improve. Thank you for taking time to speak to us, Miroslava. Really appreciate it. We hope that you and your family stay safe and, and everybody at the agency. And uh, we're hoping for a peaceful resolution to this horrible situation. Thank you very much and thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.